Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Like a Bank, where we show you how to think like a bank using the same strategies and principles that banks use to help you find more financial freedom in your life. I'm your host, Sari Ibrahim. So some of the core principles we talk about when thinking like a bank include owning or investing real estate, having safe and predictable income, um, saving on taxes or lowering your tax liability, and others. And for today's podcast, I really wanted to talk about the proper allocation of money. So you have your income coming in or sources of revenue coming in. Now, what do you do with it? Do you save it? Do you spend it? Do you invest it? And, and I think to answer that briefly is that there's certain things that one must do uh, to follow certain percentages or certain rules that you have in a, in a systematic way. And that's led us to, or led to a concept called profit first, meaning the proper allocation of your money and, and profiting first. Uh, and as you may know, we are bank on yourself professionals. We specialize in the bank on yourself concept, also known as the infinite banking concept, but I'm not a profit first professional. However, I do have with us two special guests today who are profit first professionals and bank on yourself professionals. So we're going to kind of marry these two concepts together to kind of give you extraordinary content on, on seeking more financial freedom using these two specific concepts. I have with us today, Brandon and Amanda Neely. They're small business owners and financial professionals. They founded and ran Overflow Coffee Bar from 2008 through 2018. Now they share their experience and knowledge through podcasting and through developing personalized financial strategies for individuals and couples and profitability strategies for businesses. They are infinite banking, bank on yourself specialists, as well as profit certified profit first professionals. Their goal is to work with people to take charge, to take charge of their cash flow, leverage their assets, and increase their profitabilities in ways that would make their grandma proud. Brandon and Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sari. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Just for a little context for the audience. So Brandon and Amanda and I all work together. We're part of the same mastermind group. We're bank on yourself professionals. So we're kind of like colleagues and we're going to share a lot of exper expertise on bank on yourself, but specifically with Profit First. That's what I really want to introduce for us. Before we jump into all of this, all the moving parts, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I feel like people should also know we're married. We're not brother and sister or anything. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we've been married. How long, Brandon? Pop quiz. 13 years. 14 years. It'll be 15 <laughs> in a few months. Um, and we have a little uh, almost three-year-old uh, little boy. Um, and we've been uh, doing in the financial sector for a little over three years. Uh, kind of that transition from coffee to finances happened after we found out we were pregnant. Well, and I would say some of why we are in this industry is because we were like most entrepreneurs where we put all of our money back into the business, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because everybody's saying, saying, oh, well, well, I'll worry about me later, but I need to keep investing, right? They always use the word investing. Mm -hmm invest back into the business, buy inventory, buy this, buy that. Uh, and what we learned was, and, and we had a, a friend of ours, we're like, hey, we're super successful. We're really awesome at what we do. Um, and a lawyer, and, and he's like, so we, we were like, hey, we paid off our debt. We've done this. He said, so how much are you paying yourself? Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, let's not talk about that. Um, and we're like, afterwards, I felt really deflated and feeling like a failure in our business. Even though we had run a, I think, a semi-successful business, we were not taking care of our own, um, our own selves in the process. So hence, Profit First came into the picture. 
And do you, you guys mind sharing what is profit first, like a higher level overview? Yeah. So I um, first heard the author of this book, Mike uh, Michalowicz, mm-hmm. Profit First is a book. I heard him speak on a podcast. And after listening to it, I was like, oh, I got this. This is easy. I just make sure that I pay myself first. So all we did at that point was just switch. And instead of paying ourselves whatever was left over at the end of each month or at the end of each Mm -hmm. quarter after paying all our vendors and staff and rent and utilities, like all the things we instead said, we're going to pay ourselves at the beginning of the month, you know, so to speak. And then we're going to figure out how to then run the business from whatever else comes in. Right. And that was a good shift. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the underlying concept of profit first, that Mm -hmm. you should be paid first from your business to profit first. But the actual concept goes a lot deeper than that. It has, okay, and then here's how you do it. Here's how much to pay yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at health, uh, healthy businesses globally, here's what the breakdown looks like in terms of profit for the business owner. Owners pay like a regular salary, how much to set aside for taxes, what your operating expenses should be. And then a system to manage all that cash flow. Cause you get a lot of, as business owners, you have a lot of cash moving into your hands mm-hmm. and out of your hands. And you need a system to, to make sure that you're running it smoothly and that you're setting aside what you need to, that's going to belong to uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. You don't accidentally spend that part. All those things fit into the whole system too. Anything you'd add, Brandon? Well, I think as business owners, at least some, the, the good ones usually, they know how to make money, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the thing that I think is really powerful is, okay, so we know how to make money, but do you know how to keep money? And that's why I like infinite banking and I like uh, profit first is saying, okay, how do we keep more money for mm-hmm. us without it slipping through our fingers? Mm-hmm. Right, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I've read that book, Profit First. I think it's really, I think every entrepreneur, every investor should read that book. Uh, there's like five buckets, right? Or five accounts that one would use that, yep. what, what are those five accounts? Yeah, so all of your incoming money goes mm-hmm. into a bucket labeled income. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you divvy it out into your other buckets. The first bucket you might guess is profit. Mm -hmm. You take your profit (laughs) first and that goes into your profit bucket. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is uh, owner's pay or owner's compensation, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's the next bucket you put money into. And then you set aside money for taxes. That's the third or the we're at the fourth bucket mm-hmm. now. And then the fifth bucket is operating expenses. That's where everything else goes to run your business after you've done the other three. Uh, the first, or, so the first one is income. And then the next three are called your first accounts. You make sure you do those first. Mm-hmm. So then you have everything at, you have the operating expenses is what's left over. That's all you can spend to mm-hmm. um, pay your staff, uh, pay your electric bill, right? All the, all the pay your vendors, all those kind of things. Okay. Now I want to circle on OPEX or um, operating expense. That's the one I think people confuse with reinvesting back in the business. And I think if you guys would agree, that's probably the, I mean, besides profit first, obviously, but that one's the most crucial one that you have to kind of keep an eye on because this is where a lot of entrepreneurs say, I'm just going to keep reinvesting and to keep growing the business. But what that translates to is I'm going to spend more money. Right. Right. Um, Because so 
a, a really healthy way to run a business is uh, what Mike McCallowitz calls the kind of law of cell of small plates, right? Mm-hmm. When if we know from like nutrition and dieting, if you serve your food on a smaller plate, you feel fuller when you're done. It's just a, a, a slight shift that can really help nutrition wise. That's what you're doing with these bank accounts is you're giving yourself a small plate. Mm-hmm. And so when you've done the first accounts first, and then you, this is all you have left over to run your business, you figure out how to run it. Mm-hmm. And um, that can be transformative in and of itself. But a lot of people say, well, what if then I have a big opportunity to, you know, expand my business and X, Y, or Z, wait, what do I do? And that's where there's some fun things we can do with the profit account to create a vault of money that's there specifically for expansion, scaling, you know, those kind of things at a new hire, what, whatever it might be. Um, or you can choose from all that money you've been taking yourself and maybe putting into something like a bank on yourself type whole life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. You can choose to reinvest that into your business for a specific purpose. And you're being really intentional. You have a game plan behind it. Mm-hmm. And that to me makes a lot of sense. Brandon, what, sorry, I keep talking a lot because I get <laughs> so excited about this stuff. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think about that, again, the smaller plates idea, the reason that businesses uh, feel like they need to keep making more or whatever, uh, or they they um, don't see how much they're spending uh, is because it's all going into one j- big giant platter. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're worried about taxes and then they go to another fire and I need, I need a new hire uh, and, and often again, last to get paid as the business owner, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Sam will make sure they get their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, JP Morgan will make sure that they get their money mm-hmm. on your business, right? You know, everybody's ready to give you a loan, mm-hmm. um, especially during COVID and say, oh yeah, here you go. Here's, here's some money. Here's an infusion. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better to be able to be your own infusion mm-hmm. if you need it? That's the power of, I think, combining infinite banking uh, and profit first. It's like saying, okay, I want to make sure that I am being very smart with mm-hmm. my uh, OPEX, right? I'm going to be a little more creative because it's a smaller plate. I'm not going to just blow money on crazy stuff and, and hope, but I'm going to look at it a lot more detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, as we do those analysis, we'll see what works, what doesn't. Uh, I like to combine it with, um, have you ever heard of, what is it? The 80, 20 rule. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So combining, keeping things smaller and then 80, 20 something. So then you're going to be able to see the results. And guess what? If you know, you only have this amount of money and you know, this is working really well and this isn't working really well. Guess what? I probably cut this Mm -hmm. more to this and your business will grow faster right? Possibly. Yeah, I agree. I think what all this does is it just takes a, a, a much further laser approach into the numbers of your business. And then you know where everything's going. Like a lot of business owners don't know where their money's going. Like they can make a hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. And at the end of the year, they're using credit cards to pay the IRS, you know? Yeah. So like, it's like these, these problems happen from a lack of understanding the numbers. And 
also like justifying certain things because it's subjective, right? Like how much do I save? How much do I invest? How much do I pay myself? But with profit first, there are brackets, right? Like revenue brackets. And I think the first one, if I'm not mistaken, is like a 5% profit is how do the brackets yep. work? Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say two quick things by way of summary to tie in with the theme of this show, thinking like a bank. Mm -hmm. We've used a couple of banking ideas here. You better know banks uh, know their numbers mm -hmm. and know exactly which dollar or which penny is going where, you know, where. So that yeah. here we're thinking like a bank. And then I used a word called a vault. You better believe a bank is thinking about how much is in the vault. How are they able to meet their obligations? Or if a big opportunity comes up to give a loan, are they going to be able to, right? So we're we're in that line of uh, thinking. But now let's go back to these. Um, so they're called allocation percentages, mm -hmm. where you take your income and you allocate certain percentages to each bucket. And there are target allocation percentages depending on your revenue. Um, and they start with 5% to profit. Make sure I get this right, Brandon. 30% uh, to owner's pay, 15% to taxes, and then 35% to OPEX. Did I get that right? I'm going to oh, cheat and look at the book real quick. No, I switched it. Sorry. That doesn't even add up to 100. I'm looking at the book now. 5% to profit, 50% to owner's pay, 15% to taxes, and then 30% to OPEX. But a lot of businesses, when they first meet profit first, are nowhere close to that. So those are your target allocation percentages. You actually start with a current allocation percentage. Where are you? And I've known businesses that are 100% OPEX is where mm -hmm. they start and 0% everything else. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you slowly quarter by quarter, inch by uh, inch, month by month, you move toward those targets. So you might start with 1% profit and 1% to owner's mm -hmm. pay and 1% to taxes, and then just slowly keep that increasing until you reach your target. When well, we've, we've found that out with some people as they're doing this, they find out that, hey, I'm not running a business, I'm running a hobby. Uh, and that's a good thing to know that it's a hobby and not a business, right? And you can treat it as such. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I really want it to be a business. Well, if mm -hmm. you're running a business and you want to sell that business, uh, so many people are like, yeah, I want to make it sellable. Well, Definitely. guess what? You got to make sure that you as the business owner are getting paid fairly. So that way, if somebody wants to buy that business, uh, they're going to be able to say, well, I can get this income as a business owner uh, from this, this uh, asset. Uh, and I think that's another power of um, profit first is knowing your numbers. And I talked to so many uh, business owners who are like, well, I'm not good with numbers. I don't <laughs> know that. And I'm like, well, then you need to, I don't know, do something else. Um, but knowing your numbers is key. And if you don't know how to figure that, don't know, don't know that, then get people around you that can help you with that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I have to admit, when I first started learning about Profit First, I thought it was overwhelming. Like I have to go open four other bank accounts and then title them and do all this. And then I remember I was speaking to Brandon about this and he's like, no, you could just do it step by step. Like you don't have to do like all five overnight and implement this process. So I definitely think like it's, it's more of like a, it's, it's like a, like a sport, right? You're going to practice slowly until you get the hang of it. And then very soon you'll be, and the same thing with bank on yourself too. Like bank on yourself could be 
kind of overwhelming to understand. But when people started off, it's slowly like a martial art, they get really good at it. And then all of a sudden now, you know, they have their internal source of financing, they're borrowing from themselves, profit first, all integrated together. And of course, with the, with the help of professionals like us helps make this also uh, feasible and more likely to happen. Yeah. Now, what about like, for example, let's say that somebody's running a business and they're literally not profitable in the first like year how do they implement profit first in that situation? So like, for example, they make, um, you know, $80,000 a year in revenue, total revenue coming into the door. And then that's pretty much their expenses and everything else, their rent, everything else. And it caps out at 80,000. How can they implement profit first in a situation like that? Yeah. So the first thing that they could do is what we call an expense challenge, where you go line by line through every single expense throughout the year and you see what, what can you cut? What do you don't need anymore? What could you find an alternative that gives you a better deal, right? Like uh, going through all of that. And that might f- start freeing up some additional revenue mm-hmm. uh, or like some, some of those funds that we're going to OPEX to be able to go to profit or owners pay our taxes. Um, they can add up fast, right? And then they, mm-hmm. they start charging you more and we forget, right? Because mm-hmm. as businesses, guess what they love to do? Put you on auto renewal, mm-hmm. right? So Definitely. we need to go back and say, all right, how do I see what is actually benefiting me in the business or not? Yeah. And an easy way to do that is actually just cancel all your credit and debit cards, ask them to reissue them with a new number. And then you'll have everybody that was recurring, uh, charging your card, calling you, emailing you, trying to get you to give you their new number. And you can choose whether it's worth it or not, or use that as an opportunity to say, Hey, look, this was a hundred bucks a month. Can you make me a better deal? You know, or whatever it might be. Um, and then, cause we start there because so many business owners first go to, well, then I just need to increase my revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you can increase your profitability, you might not need to increase your revenue or as your revenue does increase, your profits will just increase that much more because mm-hmm. you've first looked at your expenses and said, what do I need? What can I get creative with? What can I remove entirely? Uh, whatever it might be. Um, and especially if you're, there's going to be some businesses that are inventory heavy. Mm-hmm. That's a really good place to look for savings in terms of how much are you paying for that inventory and where can you negotiate, maybe buy in more bulk right? And to get a discount or say, well, what are my most profitable products that I'm selling? You know, what do I get the best return on investment ROI on? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm only going to sell those and I'm going to cut everything else. That's a really great place to go to as well. Okay, nice. Now I want to touch on a couple of things you mentioned. So it's uh, the allocation part. So like, let's say that you are making $100,000 a month in revenue and you're not saving anything. You're not paying yourself anything. If you multiply that by 10 times and increase your revenue by 10 times, you're not going to increase your saving nor your owner's pay by 10 times. But if you can grip it in the beginning and make those certain changes, um, you can then, as you're increasing revenue, then, then you're increasing your overall money in your pocket that you bring home to your family and that's what's important is kind of like you're, you're bringing home the cash and increasing that over time and not just bringing on more employees, bringing on more risk, increasing your insurance liability, doing all these things that can potentially lead to more problems and take away from the overall objective. Uh, the author talks about and Profit First, he talks about a lot of times people try to expand businesses because of their egos. They like, 
want to have, they want to say they have 30 employees, that they have three locations, that they're doing all this out of like not financial or profit reasons. They're doing this for all the other reasons besides that. And that is really dangerous to do uh, in a business setting. And it can lead to actually a lot of debt. It can lead to bankruptcy and a lot of issues when you think that way. Um, and another thing too, is I love like as a bank on yourself professional, I love these small hacks you guys mentioned, like just changing, you know, uh, subscriptions, reducing other expenses and kind of finding different niches or different pieces to reduce. And, and to, to cite back in the book, the author talks about like when you run out of toothpaste, how like you try squeezing so hard to get that, that little tiny inch of toothpaste out. But then when you go to the store and you buy like two new tubes, now you're like, oh, I'm fine. I have a, I have a bunch of toothpaste. I can just use as much as I want now. But if you keep in the, in the mindset of, of the squeezing toothpaste out, the same with your business, if you have extra cash laying around, um, you're going to be like, oh, that's fine. You know, $100 a month for subscription, I have the money to do it. But if you're running low on money, then you got to find every way of squeezing out that profits. But what if you could squeeze out the profits even when you have a lot of money? So, I, you know, I probably butchered that example, but <laughs> I am. You did great, Sari. I am right now. Um, doing the whole toothpaste thing today. I was squeezing it all out, trying. <laughs> and, and part of it is because I'm lazy and I don't want to go and find the toothpaste wherever it's at. Um, that's, yeah. I'm it's just, two I, feet away, not that far. <laughs> yeah, not, but, but I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to use this. Um, I, I had a uh, client who was a million dollar business and was, and then we did the uh, profit analysis. Uh, he was not paying himself hardly at all. And he was stressed out, overworked and, and it was an Amazon business. I'm like, you are making Amazon rich. Mm -hmm. Um, and then feeling like, oh, I need a warehouse. I need this. I need mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, you need to like figure out your sourcing, uh, get rid of some. And how much are you paying yourself? That's the real, um, power in all of this is like, again, pay yourself first, uh, and giving yourself uh, profit distribution from the business. It's mm -hmm. so powerful whenever we talk about the stock market and saying this stock market does this and that. We give away our power by investing in those things and saying, well, they gave me a, this return and that. And yet a profit distribution is a dividend of you doing a great job in your business right? Shouldn't. And so you should get that. You should. And that's why Mike says, go spend it on stuff that is just fun. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for us. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to use the money for, but yeah, especially yeah. during COVID it's like, what do we do with our profit distributions? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a good problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, as, as you guys being bank on yourself, professionals and profit professionals, um, can you give me an example of like a, a, you know, like a case you've worked on where you implemented profit first and bank on yourself, like combine it together and how, and what happened? You don't have to, of course, mention any names, but just kind of generally what happened? Yeah. Um, this is actually where it gets really fun. So um, one easy account to imagine is the tax account. Mm -hmm. You're putting 15% there of all your revenue and it just builds up throughout the year. You end up getting a pretty big plate there if you've got enough revenue, right? If you're at a hundred thousand dollars, it's 15,000. But if you're at a million dollars, that's $150,000. So it's just growing, you know, sitting there in a bank account throughout the year. The bank's not going to give you very much interest on that if anything. Mm -hmm. And so we've had a lot of fun taking that and anything that 
um, you might get, we're kind of getting into advanced profit first strategies here, but like the vault, right? You mm -hmm. might start putting some of your profit into a vault for, for future expansion. We'll take the tax money and the vault money and put that into a policy. And if we do it correctly, uh, really smartly, properly designed, all those kind of things, there's still enough money to pay the taxes when tax time comes. And for some people, maybe they're an S corp. So they have to do like um, uh, quarterly tax estimates or they have to pay into social security, and Medicare throughout the year. They'll take that out first, you know, make sure they're paying that throughout the year, but then put in whatever else is left at the end of the quarter. There's a few different ways to do it depending on the business structure and how things are run. Um, but in general, that's kind of the concept you create your, rather than, if any of those plates get bit too big, right? And there's just money languishing in a bank account, why not look at moving that somewhere else where it's safe? Mm -hmm. It's gonna grow with uninterrupted compound interest for the rest of your life and help protect your family in case mm -hmm. something happens to you. I don't know anywhere to do that except for a bank on yourself type policy. Mm -hmm. Protected the business in case something happens to you too. That too, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I think like for us, this is what happened just personally uh, for us in combining banking yourself and, and profit first. So uh, our podcast producer said uh, last year, uh, if you pay upfront, I'll give you two months off. Um, pay upfront to, to, for all of that. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty good deal. Two months. Um, that's a pretty good ROI. Mm -hmm. So then we are like, well, do I have the cash for it? Mm -hmm. uh, no, uh, we, we don't have it all just lying in a savings account, mm -hmm. but we had it in our policy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we did the math and we said, okay, totally use a policy loan to, um, to do this. And then we could pay ourselves back that amount back to the policy as a loan or what we did is put it into paid up additions instead mm -hmm. of the, uh, paying back the loan because we wanted the policy to grow um, more over time. Uh, and with this policy, it's it's pretty awesome what we've been able to accomplish with that. Yeah. Um, because a... We had cash available mm -hmm. in the vault and uh, the tax account. We just kind of said, all right, this is part of OPEX and we just allocated in our um, YNAB, we know what it is, where it's all going. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of services that'll do that, that if you pay for the full year in advance, they'll give you two months free. Um, in this case is our podcast producer, which is a pretty big monthly fee. It made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how, if you, if you do it annually, like if you, for example, if it's a hundred dollars a month, that's $1,200 a year, but if you pay it annually, they'll take off two months. So that'll be really easy to borrow a thousand dollars from one of your bank on yourself type whole life policies to pay it. But if you were doing it annually, I think it'd be kind of tricky, right? To borrow, pay back, borrow. Like it, it just makes it way more sense when you do it annually. Yeah. And depending on, on other factors, but yeah, I do like that. I do like that the two month discount and other kind of tweaks and, and hacks like that with saving, saving more money. So um, we've mentioned a lot. I really appreciate everything you guys have mentioned on profit first and the bank on yourself um, area and combining these together. I really want people to reach out to you guys to kind of get a better understanding of this and even implementing it through like a, even a free co consultation or just talking to you guys about it. How can listeners find you guys? 
Yeah, they can visit grandmaswealthwisdom.com. And if you go to grandmaswealthwisdom.com slash profit, we've got some special profit related resources there for you, including uh, first two chapters of the Profit First book uh, for free. So you can check out the concept. And then we invite you, we do what's called a profit discovery call, where we answer initial questions about Profit First to help you uh, become more profitable, even in just a 20 minute conversation. Mm -hmm. and then explore whether working with a profit first professional makes sense. Uh, my kind of pitch there, I was talking to a lady recently who she read the book and it took her a full year to implement profit first for her business. She's a one, one woman show, you know, in the, you know, service area. So not a lot of inventory, not a lot of moving parts, but it still took her a full year to implement. And I implement profit first with people in six weeks. That's how quickly we can get it done when we're working together and you're working with a professional who said, gives you all the cheat sheets, helps you mm -hmm. uh, get it implemented. So we'll talk about if that's the right fit for you too in that uh, discovery call. Wonderful. And what's the name of your show? Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And you guys also have a YouTube channel, which is getting a lot of momentum. I see it. It's growing. That's awesome. Um, it's called Grandma's Wealth Wisdom on YouTube, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. And Amanda also leads something called uh, Fife financially mm -hmm. independent female entrepreneur. Uh, the fun or not so fun thing about um, what the female entrepreneur side of things is that a lot of females are becoming entrepreneurs, be not because they want to, it's because they have to. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, we deal with life insurance. Guess who typically dies first in a marriage? The men. 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 Mm -hmm. So, we have to think about, okay, how are we protecting uh, our, our females? Like that's part of life insurance in general is meant for widows and orphans. And mm -hmm. so I like thinking about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also for the single ladies um, or, you know, the newly single ladies, life insurance is one of the only financial products I know that prefers women. Women get better rates. Mm -hmm. They see better growth over time they can get better uh, death benefits for the same premium. So mm -hmm. I'm proud to be in, in a sector of uh, the world that actually prefers women over men. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. And, and I think just check out the channels, uh, read the book uh, and don't just be a spectator and listen to what other people say, but like, I think, think like a bank, like, mm -hmm. Banks are the most profitable business in the world. There's in a, history, yeah. Uh, so do that for yourself. And remember, even in business, I, I think about individuals and people. I'm like, um, you're, you're working for a bank for a third of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Fees and everything. We do the same thing in a business. So why is the business making or the banks making more off our business than we are? Um, mm -hmm. That's what Profit First helps figure out too. Exactly. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, guys. Thank you guys so much. I love what you guys mentioned. Um, hope re listeners reach out to you guys. Any final uh, thoughts? 
Um, I, I love that Brandon uh, said that phrase about how banks are the most profitable business in mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everyone to subscribe to your show, uh, keep digging into what it means okay. to think like a bank. Um, even if you're not a business owner, mm -hmm. um, if you want to be profitable as an individual, mm -hmm. not just monetarily, but in like growing in wisdom and, mm -hmm. you know, having that kind of growth mindset, learning more personal development, Thinking like a bank fits in so many areas of life. Mm -hmm. So I love the theme of your show, Sari. Keep up the good work. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Looking forward to doing another show soon. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you grow more wealth, please visit www.finassetprotection.com. That's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.